0: You're listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. Worship with us on Sundays in Kansas City, or join us in June for our youth and young adult conference called Bold. All right, Hebrews chapter 12 says this, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, so in Hebrews 11, it's talking about different people in the Old Testament that were great men and women of faith, it says, let us throw off everything that hinders, all right, and the sin that so easily entangles, all right? So the sin and the stuff that just slows you down from finishing your race. And let us run, he's using that analogy of a race, and let us run with perseverance. That's the word that we're gonna kind of base this whole series on. Let us run with perseverance, the race marked out for us. You have a race, God's called you to run, and you have to persevere. And then he says how? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. And then he says, for the joy set before him, which is you, you're the joy. He's got your salvation, being with you forever on his mind. For the joy set before him, he endured, endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And then the NIV says, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners. So that purpose, reason, why consider, why think upon, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. And I just want us, as we have about eight weeks, we've got eight weeks for, until Easter, and, and I want us just to talk about Jesus like crazy. I just want us just to, week after week, talk about actually how Jesus endured. Look at the way the message says it. Now, the message is this paraphrase, and so this, this is just trying to get at the ideas. It's not a word-for-word word example. This is just merely, this is a guy named Eugene Peterson, who's, a, who's an, an expert in Hebrew language and Greek language, but he says it in a way that's contemporary. And I just, I love some of it. That's why I want to read it too, okay? It says this, do you see what this means? All the pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, cheering you on. It means we'd better get on with it, strip down, start running and never quit. This is my prayer at Radiant Church that you would be so have your eyes on Jesus, you wouldn't quit, plain language. No extra spiritual fat, No parasitic sins, keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in. And here's the phrase I want you to get, study how he did it. So we're gonna take weeks and we're gonna take just phrase by phrase, Jesus on the cross and Jesus actually, as we just take the words that he says, seven different things that he says, we've got life lessons that we can learn just by studying Jesus. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish, in and with God. He could put up with anything along the way, cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside, alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again. That's what we're gonna do. We're gonna go over this story in this season leading up to Easter. Item by item, we're gonna take it phrase by phrase. That long litany of hostility he plowed through That, and this is, I love this, that will shoot adrenaline into your souls. All right, so we're gonna just ask God, shoot some adrenaline into our souls as we look at what Jesus endured. Because hey, everybody, I know that a lot of times we live in a world where everybody's saying, hey, everything's great, everything's good. Come to Jesus and it's all gonna be great. And you and I know as you follow Jesus, you got some great days and you got some hard days. And really, I think a big test of following Jesus today in our day is to persevere in the hard times and we wanna, we wanna look at what Jesus on really the hardest day, the day of crucifixion, the day where Jesus is on the cross and I wanna learn life lessons on how to persevere and how to endure. So let's pray together and then we'll dive into the word. Father, we love you and we just thank you, Lord Jesus, for this opportunity, Lord God, to persevere. And we just say to you, God, we wanna be people that persevere. We don't want to give up, we don't wanna lose heart, we don't wanna become weary. And I just pray today for supernatural strength for my friends. I pray that you would bless them and strengthen them. I pray that you would fill them. I pray that your word would come alive to each one of us. God, that we might persevere, that we might fulfill what you've called us to. We honor you and we love you. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. All right, so the first one is this. You know the story potentially, but Jesus there on the cross, and he just says this phrase. It's the very first thing that we find, the first phrase. I mean, he's been beaten, whipped. He's on the cross and he's going to speak. And just to speak would be painful. But on the cross, the first phrase, and the one that we're going to look at today is he says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Here's what I want you to get. I want us to try to apply what we see in Jesus in our own lives. And today we're going to conclude by spending time asking God to help us forgive everybody that's trying to ruin your life. Everybody that has ever messed up your life. Everybody that when you think upon them, when the, your brain pictures their face, you become a little upset. And I want us to go there today. I want us to I want us to talk about it. I want us to be real about it, and I want I want us to be set free. I want you to imagine yourself being free from resentment and bitterness. And let that Let that anger come out of you. I remember December 9th, 2007, I was a pastor in Colorado Springs and our church was called New Life Church. And there was a gunman that entered onto our campus that day. And it was just after the second service. And I was was standing in a classroom in a hallway uh, being a part of a meeting. And all of a sudden, uh I heard gunshots and I didn't know they were gunshots gunshots. I actually thought that something had just fallen and that there was tiles, uh the metal had just fallen on tiles because it was pop pop, pop and I, I didn't know what it was. And suddenly I see this mob of people running toward me with terror on their faces. And it was the darkest day our church had experienced because all of a sudden there was a guy that was had, had stepped onto our campus in his early twenties and he began to open fire. And um and it was it was it was awful. I mean, it was it was it was scary. It was hard. And and on that day, um, a family in our church, um, David and Marie Works, they had four daughters. And, and of course, you know, I, I've told you before, I, I spent 14 years as a youth pastor there. And and so I, I, I we we had had their their kids in our programs, and 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 they lost their daughters that day. Um, two girls um, were were shot and killed. And Stephanie and Rachel Works lost their life. And and David and Marie were faithful saints. I mean, I remember I would preach and they'd be right over here on the left and they sat about the third row back and they were, they were faithful, good people. They'd actually moved to Colorado to attend the church. And so this was a church that they loved deeply. And, and we began to walk through that tragedy as David was actually uh, shot um, and wounded. Um, and there he is lying in a hospital bed only to find out that the shooter had actually, it had actually killed his two daughters. And, Tragic. I mean, awful. Uh, I mean, the darkest of days. I, I don't think I can actually, in a in a little monologue kind of message, communicate to you the the way that this this story unfolded, and the way that it, it, it changed me, it influenced me, because because I I've got you know I've got four kids, and he had four daughters, and and and, and to watch what God did in David and Marie works as they began to process the loss of their two daughters. And, and how do you respond? How do you respond to that? Um, the shooter had come on and, and taken the lives of those two girls and then he took his own life. And he was a young man in his twenties and, and uh, just tragic, just really sad. The part that I want you to capture is this, is that David and Marie works made an intentional decision that they were going to pray for the family of the shooter. And they began as a couple to pray for the couple who were the parents of the young man who shot their daughters. There's an amazing story that in our pastor's office, they came together months after it had taken place. And and you would think that, that, that it'd be impossible. I mean, this all the pain, just imagine for you parents in the room, Just, I mean, you can't, I can't even fathom where David and Marie wrapped their arms around the parents that had lost their son in the tragedy. And they prayed for each other and they forgave and they just held each other. They befriended each other. A couple years later, as David and Marie's, one of their daughters, they had four daughters. One of them was getting married and the parents came to the wedding of their daughter, the work's daughter, because they had become friends. And, and I just want you, to, I want you to imagine, I just want you to give you, that, give you that story because here's what I have found. When we start talking about forgiveness, here's what I do. It's easy to say, okay, Jesus, okay, but here's the reason why forgiveness doesn't work for me. Here's the, here's the phrase, you don't know what they did to me. Yeah, it might work with the little forgives, but I can't do the big forgive. The way that I was so violated, the way that I was so abused, the way that I was so hurt, I'll take this offense with me for years. It's not going anywhere. And so today I just want us just to capture in our minds and our hearts, will we be able to do not just the little forgives, but the big forgive? That one that when you think of them, there is like impossible for me to forgive. That person who offended me, who violated me. And I'm not belittling the offense. I'm not saying that it's not real, it is. For sure, it's something that really took place. It's something that you really were violated. You really were, they really did, did you do you wrong. But I want us to fix our eyes on Jesus today. Look at his example as he's on the cross. And Jesus looks down. And I don't know how much he could see. I can't quite fathom what it's like. But if you feel like, hey, I was, I was abused, I want you to imagine the physical abuse that Jesus was abused. I want you to imagine Jesus whipped, hit, stabbed. And even though, even though yo, it's, such a, it's such a big violation, I, I just want you to imagine Jesus, who did not deserve what he received, abused on a cross. Well, David, I, I was, I've been betrayed, that business partner, that leader, that person that hurt you. And they, no doubt about it, they betrayed you. They said one thing, they did another. They allured you in with one thing, they did something else. They cut you out of the deal. They didn't give you the position, you, the, the, you name it, okay? But imagine Jesus, he's on the cross. He's been physically abused. Imagine Jesus on the cross. And there he's got, I mean, Judas was one of his boys. I mean, Judas, Judas was one of the, the 12 that Jesus believed in, that the scripture says that Jesus sent out the 12 and they went out and they, they did miracles and they cast out demons and they healed the sick. And, 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 and Judas was one of the ones that heard Jesus preach and Judas was one of the ones that saw Jesus do miracles and Judas was one of his guys. And if you're Jesus and only hours earlier, you're there and it's dark and you see walking towards you Judas and a bunch of Roman guards. The book of Matthew actually says that they had clubs and swords. I want you to imagine there's Jesus. You think you've been betrayed? Imagine the kind of betrayal. And Jesus, even in the text, he looks at Judas and he says, friend, he knows why he's come. Jesus knows exactly what Judas is doing. And Jesus, physically abused, yes. Relationally betrayed, uh-huh. And I just, I want you to just, just enter into not just your own pain today, but I want you to fix your eyes on Jesus. I want you to imagine what he went through. And we wanna study how he did it. We wanna look at what Jesus went through. And my hope is that you would just see it. But David, I was, I've been rejected, okay? I just picture Jesus and I don't know what the crowds look like. And as we study it, we know that there's thieves near him and we know that this is the way in first century Israel that they would do capital punishment. But I just, I want you to imagine Jesus, if he could see, I don't know if he can, but I want you to imagine the crowds and Jesus looking out. And if he could see, the people that, I mean, the same crowds that he had taught, same crowds where he had fed thousands. I mean, the very people he had healed. He had healed, he had healed friends. I mean, when we read the gospels, we know that the news of Jesus spread everywhere. And so he was physically abused. He was relationally betrayed, socially rejected. Now I want you to insert your story, because the easy thing to do is just go. My my pain is too much. I'll forgive the little forgives. I'll do the little one, but I can't. That person, that ooh, that business deal, that parent, that spouse, that I'll never forgive them. And here's the problem: you get that I'll never forgive, and it will destroy you. Over time, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies. It's like, it messes with you. And I just want us today just to see our savior, fix our eyes on Jesus who went through worse than we have. And his first response on the cross there, I mean, first thing it does, bother, forgive them. And I want you to be free today. I want you to just, we're gonna go into a moment where I'm gonna ask you to begin the process of forgiving. Martin Luther said, forgiveness is releasing a prisoner and realizing that that prisoner is you. I want you to be set free from that prison, that prison of unforgiveness and get to this place where you go, okay, God, I'm free, I'm free. And I know it's not easy and I know it's it's hard and I know you've been, been violated and I'm not pretending it didn't happen. And, and in fact today I'm not I'm not pressing for reconciliation. That's another day. That's another sermon. I just want to go for forgiveness. Forgiveness is a one-player game. Reconciliation takes two. But this is where I'm going today is just it's just you being free. It's just a one-player game. It's just I mean it was Jesus just said, "Father, forgive me. they can they can do all that they're doing to me, but it's not getting in here." Nope. I'm fixed on you father. And I'm not gonna let no bitterness, no anger, just love. And you, you're gonna be wounded everybody. You're gonna have the opportunity to be offended over and over and over again. The question is not, will you be hurt? The question is, what will you do with it? Will you be defined by your wounds or will you be defined by love? I mean, will you get messed up and people hurt you? And that leader, mess with you and that friend betray you. And you, you got reasons to snap. You got reasons to bite back. You got, you got, you, I mean, the, the world would look at you and for you to not bite back, they would call you weak. But as followers of Jesus, I'm not, I'm not saying that it's not real. I don't want you to get that. I'm just talking about your heart today. I want, to, I want us to fix our eyes on our savior who was abused worse than you or me, who was rejected worse than you or me, who was betrayed worse than you or me. And yet he looked at his father and he said, father, forgive them. Father, they don't know what they're doing. And that's my hope is that we would take a step. I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying maybe that'll even happen all in a moment. But that you would take a step even today and just say, Okay, God, help me. God, be at work inside of me. Set me free. Help me to begin the process of healing by forgiving. One of my favorite stories is the story of Corey Ten Boom, who was hiding Jews in World War II. And she tells the story of going to the concentration camp, and her sister and her father, both Ten Booms, they were watchmakers in Holland. And she goes to the concentration camps for hiding these Jews and her father dies and her sister dies while in the camp. And it's a pretty wild story because she's beaten, she's abused, she's ridiculed. And there's just story after story of her life as she tries to follow Jesus in the midst of this horrific, earth, I mean, terrible conditions And she was let out. What they found out later was just kind of a clerical error. Um, But she was let out. And as a Christ follower, she began to speak in different churches and tell her story. And years after the war was over, she tells a story of speaking in a church in Germany. And a soldier walked up to her. And as soon as she saw him, she remembered him as one of the most cruel, I mean, he, he had hurt her, violated her, one of the most cruel um, soldiers. and, and she, she just looked at him and it just terror. just you can imagine if you had been physically abused and suddenly you saw that person walking towards you in a different context. He walked up to her and he said, Corey, Jesus has forgiven me and I've given my life to him. And I'm so sorry. Can you forgive me too? And she says in that moment that she just prayed to God, God, I I can lift my hand, but you'll have to change my heart. And she looked at him and she says that as she lifted her hand, she found the strength. And she said, I forgive you. I just want you to lock in with forgiveness is possible. Even on your big forgives, even on that person that you go, no way! I'm going to hold on to this. I, I'm not. It's impossible. I can't let that one go. And I want to encourage you that that thing that you think by holding on to, you're getting retaliation. You're gonna. It's actually you're actually gonna be stronger and better. The Jesus way is the better way. The Jesus way goes against your flesh, but I want to invite you to do what Corey did, and just take this step and start. Here's practical how do I forgive? Start by just praying for your enemies, praying for the people that have hurt you. In Luke six, Jesus says, pray for those who mistreat you. One of the amazing pieces is Jesus said, pray for those who mistreat you. And then there he is setting the example on the cross. He just does exactly what he told them to do. He practices what he had preached. And your first step, as hard as it is, is just to start by saying, all right, this I mean, you know it. Even as I'm talking right now, you've got a, a Rolodex in your mind of some faces. I mean, for some of you, it's one. For some of you, it's like 25. But it's like people that you go, oh, it's so painful. And, 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 and I want you just to take Jesus' example. There he is on the cross. He says, Father, forgive them. And just to start with God, I forgive. I, 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 or maybe even just start with this, God. Maybe it's just, a, maybe the, the, you can get out just two words. Just bless them. <laughs> Help them. I mean, and even that's like a back away. Like, ah, you know, too painful to. But if that's where you start, I mean, just if you could start there. Just, and I know we all want to just, if you're going to pray any prayer, you're going to pray David's prayer. You know, break the teeth of the wicked, oh God. You're know, like, I'll, I'll show you a prayer. God, mm, break their molars, break their front teeth, break all the teeth. That's my favorite psalm, God. Mm. I'm asking you to take it a little bit deeper than just that. I'm just asking you to just say, okay, God. I love it on Wednesday nights because we'll do a little prayer time and, and I'll do the, hey, everybody, let's just, let's just praise God. And everybody's just like, oh, God, you're so great. And I'll say, hey, everybody, just thank God for something. Oh, God, I thank you for this. I thank you for that. Okay, everybody, now I want you just for minute, just pray for your family. Oh, God, I pray for my kids. They're all cute. You're praying for them. And then I say, hey, everybody, just pray for your enemies. And it's like this resistance in the room. It's like, what? It's like, why? because it's, it's hard. I mean, this is, this is real. I, and I, I, the first step, the first step is just pray for them. Just take that baby step. Second one is this. Remember how much you've been forgiven. Just remember how much God has forgiven you. Listen to Colossians 3. Bear with each other and forgive one another. If any of you has a grievance against someone, forgive as the Lord forgave you. I wanna invite you to do this. Run movies in your mind of what it means that Jesus has forgiven you. Picture this, this story, even as we've read it in the scripture, watch the movies, watch, watch the movie, The Passion five times, just get it in you. And if you could get in you, I mean, visibly see it, intellectually wrestle with what it means that Jesus forgave you, it will give you greater fuel to forgive those who hurt you you will be quicker to forgive, more able to forgive when you have this overwhelming acknowledgement of how much you've been forgiven. And so that it's not just a theory, that's not just what the preachers talk about on Sundays, but it's your story. I love the story of John Wesley where a man said to him, a man has hurt me so much that I will never forgive him. And John Wesley replied, then I hope you never sin. Because if you have been forgiven much, you love much, and when, when you recognize what it means that Jesus forgave you, it will increase your ability, your strength to forgive that person that you're thinking of right now that there's no way I could forgive her. That I, There's no way I could forgive him. But I just want you to be free. Paul says this, be kind and compassionate to one another. Here it is, forgiving each other just as Christ God forgave you. C.S. Lewis said this, to be a Christian means that we forgive the inexcusable because God has forgiven the inexcusable in me. So there's the question, will it be you? Will you be defined by your wounds or will you be defined by your love? Which one, which way? I mean, can you imagine David and Marie works? They could have spent the rest of their lives with a whole lot of different lifestyle, than forgiving the shooter's parents. Could have gone a whole different way, but they're free today. Pain's still there? Absolutely. I'm not belittling that, but something that was horrible and awful and terrible. I mean, I've seen God do something beautiful in the midst of the ash heap. And I wanna just, I want us to fix our eyes on Jesus today and see it. And third thing is this, I wanna invite you to recognize the real enemy. We tend to think the enemy is that person that offended me, but I want you to see behind that, the enemy will do whatever he can to take you out. And most of your problems, most of your problems, when you sit around talking about problems are not, I mean, everybody's got some money problems and everybody's got some physical problems and everybody's got some workout problems and everybody's got some problems, but most of the problems that really get in and mess with us are people problems. And so I wanna invite you just to think, is, how, how is the enemy trying to take me out? And he'll try to take you out with this. Ephesians 6, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. So your enemy is not your spouse. (laughs) Your enemy is not that coworker. Your enemy is not the person that hurts you. Your enemy is trying to get you to get offended. And when you get offended, you start to put a wall up and then you start to betray and then you start to hate. So here's the deal. The best thing you can do is get free as quick as possible and just forgive everybody that's trying to ruin your life in the past and in the present. And actually starting to think about And how do I forgive those even in the future? How do I even make a pre-decision decision? You always have the opportunity to be offended. Guys, more opportunities to be offended are coming every day. You'll have unlimited opportunities to be offended. The question is, will you take it to God? The question is, will you live free? And if you'll forgive, I'm just telling you the way it works. If you'll forgive, you'll be surprised how freedom will transform you. The person who forgives first is the happiest. (laughs) They're just free. The other person's over there drinking the poison and dying. And I just wanna invite you. I know it's hard. And I know it's just a baby step. But today I want to take a baby step. Just, okay, God, I'm just gonna pray. I'll close with this story. For me, uh, 2003, I actually heard a preacher preach on forgiveness. I was sitting on the front row. And I just, I was, I was honestly, I was taking notes, but I was thinking of content, not applying it to my life. And the Holy Spirit just gripped my heart where all of a sudden I realized I had two people that, that both guys, both in ministry that I actually hated. I mean, you say their name and i mm, I was just, because at the core, they were guys that took something that I wanted or violated me or made fun of me. and, And I had little memories in my mind of phrases that they had said publicly about me, mocking me and I just, mm, man, I just, you say their name and I just pray God, break their teeth, kick them out of ministry, you know, kind of thing. Like, And uh, I'll never forget just that moment where, the, where I knew that, that God was calling me to pray for them and I didn't want to pray for them. Those were the, I, I, did not, I did not want them to succeed. Here's how you know you've really forgiven. When you think upon them, you want what's best for them. When you think upon them and you just want the best for them, that's where you know God's been at work in your heart. But when you think upon them and you hope, oh man, I just hope they have a flat tire and a bad day. You, you got work to do. You got work to do in your heart. And that's where I was, straight up. When I thought about them, I thought, man, I hope, phew, God, just mess with them, you know what I mean? Just, no, I mean, there's pain. So I began to pray for them and it was, it was hard, but I began in my prayer journal just to write out their names. I started to abbreviate their names so that if anybody ever found my journal, they wouldn't know who I was talking about, (laughs) yeah. And everybody does, I just laugh, yeah. You're like, oh, what if they read this when I'm dead? And then, and uh, I began to just pray for them and and I I could, it took months, but I I, I realized my, my heart was starting to change. So much so that a year later as I was leading the desperation conference, I actually invited both of them to play a role. And for me, it was just taking steps. And I just remember, summer of 2005, I come off stage and I just finished speaking and I just began to worship the Lord as we went into another worship set. And the Lord, I just heard it. I mean, just so clear, I just heard it, done. And I just had this thought. Both of these two men were playing ministry roles in the conference that I was putting on. I had had coffee with one of them that day in the cafe laughed and helped him dream about how to accomplish the dream that he had in his heart and and the other guy who lived in a different state we had gone to lunch at chipotle and we were talking about what god was doing where he was and and i i was i was free and i wasn't it wasn't this big epic like it was just it was just if god had just done it and i would i was wanting i was wanting what was best for both of their lives and both of their wives and their children and, And here's what I wanna encourage you with. If you'll take steps, God will work a miracle. And it's possible that the person who is an enemy of yours in 2018 could just be a street partner in 2020, could just be one of your dear friends in 2021. No, impossible, possible. But here's what you gotta do. Take a step, take a step. So I wanna invite you, would you just bow your heads with me? Will you just, even now, will you just lift up whoever's trying to ruin your life? Just, just pray for them. If you can't. I mean, if, you can, if all you can do is just get, bless them. If that's all you can get, just say that. Bless them. But just pray for them by name. If you would like to follow Jesus, we'd like to connect with you on your journey. Email us at follow at radianchurchkc.com. If this ministry has encouraged you, we'd love to hear your story. Email us at mystory at radianchurchkc.com. If you'd like to invest in Radian Church, please click give on our website, radianchurchkc.com. Are you a young adult and interested in spending a year in Kansas City at Radian Church? Check out radianintensive.com. Thanks for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast.